Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. It is a dark and stormy night here in lower Manhattan. I look out, I see lightning, I hear thunder, it's pouring, it's kind of awesome, I'll have you know. And uh, what, a, what a great time to just record this introduction to an interview that I did earlier in the week with Sandy Lamont from Houston, Texas. This is a story of uh, a recent total knee replacement. She is 20 days, my friends, I think 19 or 20 days post-surgery, and we get a chance to see what life is like so soon after total knee replacement. So here you go, Sandy Lamont and PJ with a quick conversation about athletics, getting back to sports, and having a total knee replacement. Sandy, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well today. <laughs> today, yeah. So you are soon after. It's not, it hasn't been that long since you had knee replacement surgery, and we're going to talk all about that. How, well, how far from surgery are you today? Uh, it's been about, um, about 20 days. 20 no, days. no, um, 14 plus 5 that's, yeah, that's 19, 20 days. 19, 20 days. Okay. So within three weeks of surgery. So i got to be honest, Andy, we do not have uh, that many of these interviews with people that are that close to surgery or and who sound so chipper and bright and, <laughs> you know, happy. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm, today is a good day. I mean, I've had a couple of days that were tough, but that was mostly my own fault, skipping a med uh Something like that, you know. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it's been good. Uh, this is uh, and this is a. Uh, sometimes I end up with stories that are, you know, it's been two years and it, you know, I've had a real struggle and this is a this is such a happy, you know, good recovery <laughs> so far. Obviously, yeah, um, it's been good. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go back though before we get to the post-surgery time, which we've got right now. Let's go back and talk about you as a person a little bit. Uh, you know, your background, where you grew up, any of that stuff that you'd like to share with, with, so people get to know you. Well, I just, I grew up in South Louisiana and danced a lot growing up because people down there dance a lot. And I was really into it. And I also loved competitive sports. So um, I got married into a Texan and then moved to Texas and had several children, had one in Louisiana, several here. But I stayed active. I played tennis, racquetball and had morphed into pickleball in recent years. I'm 69. So um, being physically active was really important to me. And uh, as long as I could do that, I was happy. And, uh, but toward the end, prior to my surgery, I got to the point where I had to do something or I was going to lose the ability to be as active as I like to be. I see. So about, I guess that's pretty much it. <laughs> Tell me about the pickleball. That's a sort of a more recent thing because it's, it's become a phenomenal and, um, big deal. It, yeah. For me, it's, uh, you, you get a lot, you have a lot of motion in a short, kind of like racquetball in some way. The court's smaller than a tennis court. It's pretty efficient. It's very social. A lot of ex-athletes play pickleball. And then a lot of people who really aren't athletes at all play pickleball, but that's two different levels. You know, you have your more serious competitor, and then you have your social competitor. 
So um, I was playing what you know, sort of in between, but I, I played a more aggressive, um, committed type of uh, pickleball. So it was in a higher level, a lot of motion, and you uh, you know worked up, you worked up, used a lot of energy, and it was it was good for me. And it's a popular growing sport now. A lot of young people play it. Um, even tennis players get into it. It it's just a fun sport. You know. Our our base of operations in Florida is the Villages, Florida, and that's right. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some some out in Arizona that are really really yeah. big. I just think I yeah, think that's growing a, you know, living in Houston with the heat and the humidity. A lot of our pickleball players go to our, they go to Colorado in the summer or New Mexico, somewhere where it's cooler and uh, they're not struggling with the heat and humidity that we hear because people here play indoors and outdoors. Like at the YMCA's have facilities that are available for pickleball. So, yeah, it's a nice sport. I like it. I've never played, and I'm anxious to do that because I used to play a lot of tennis and racquetball and stuff, and I just yeah. have, you know, had the occasion. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy to pick it up. The, the one thing about pickleball is the ball doesn't come to you like a, like most balls do. They bounce and they kind of jump towards you, and, and you, you, you place yourself. Pickleball, because it's played with a wiffle ball, the ball kind of dies. And then uh-huh. so you've got to make that transition yeah. that you're going after the ball, you know. Right. Which requires more energy. And, it doesn't, you know, you can't be late. Yeah, that's the hardest transition for tennis players. You know, they, they get out there and, um, like, they miss the first ten shots and they can't understand it. Why did I miss that? I had it. It was right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just because the ball stays kind of down low and sort of dies. I, I know that squash never became that big a deal in the country, but the uh, squash ball is, is dead and so it doesn't uh, come to you either. You've really got to work. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. So um, is pickleball something that you intend to get back to um, after this surgery? Well, you know, the funny thing is I have learned that I can live without pickleball. I can live without sports, which is new for me. I started mm-hmm. doing some kayaking with my daughter and with, get some upper body strength, keep some mobility, and uh, I like that. And um because I'm a fierce competitor, I've enjoyed not being so aggressive. And um, is it something I'd like to do again? That's just to be determined, you know, based on um, how I feel physically. If I can get the same connection with my knee uh, that I had before, even though it was in bad shape, I owned it. You know, I knew what it could do, what it couldn't do, and it was a normal part of my physical mm-hmm. capability. Now I've got, you know, an artificial knee and there, and uh, I want to see, and, and I'm good either way. But it would be right. nice, you know. Right. Um, the, uh, you know, we just recently uh, republished an, an article on our website, Extend Therapy, uh, of stretches and what you can do to prepare for pickleball, for pickleball and tennis. So um, I'll send you that article, but it's right on our, on our website, on, on our blog, which we had a and that's post surgery. Yeah, well, yeah. pre and post. I mean, it's really just in general about stretches for pickleball and tennis, just for people okay. overall. But a lot of people do return to pickleball, and I think that most surgeons would say that the pounding at, uh, sports they really do out you know rule out. They don't want you back in basketball and other things where you're really 
really putting you know inc- incredible pressure oh, yeah, on the yeah, joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pickleball can be played without, I think, without extreme. You know, it depends on how you play, but you can you can do that one. It's one of those things you can return to, I think, at least according to surgeons. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's, let's talk about see. your yeah. Right. Well, let's let's talk about your knee history a little bit. Sort of you you alluded to it, but go back a little bit. Were there other injuries? Were there other surgeries? How did you kind of get to the point where you needed this this knee replacement? Well, um, my knees uh, were a little bit bowed, and uh, so I think that's a genetic imperfection that might contribute to the problem. But nonetheless, they certainly didn't slow me down. I was a very fast runner, very competitive athlete. I didn't have any problem most of my life. Had several children that may have taken its toll on me, but. I always stayed active, played tennis in between having babies. And, um, but then I, I tore cartilage in my knees and had both of them operated on for that. One was by lifting something very heavy and pulling it on a wagon. I shouldn't have done it, but right after that I had to have a meniscus repair. And the other one was uh, later in life I went snow skiing, which I'm not a snow skier, and got just broadsided by a, a snowboard person. And um, when I got home, I had another cartilage tear in the other leg. So I got those repaired. And I think that uh, from what I understand, when you lose meniscus cartilage like that, it makes you more susceptible to um, complications, you know, uh, in the joint from lack of that. And so I have no arthritis anywhere else in my body. I'm no aches and pains anywhere, hips, hands shoulders, everything is great. But my knees started, I guess you could say, to sort of break down because I played. I played tennis three or four times a week. I played racquetball three or four times a week, and I was playing pickleball at least two or three times a week. But just generally speaking, after the surgery, especially on my right knee, I never fully recovered from that the way I should have been. I always had to more or less compensate for uh, a lack of strength and range of motion. But that was good. I mean, I, I went on like that for probably 15 years and was very active. And uh, But like I said, eventually it just played itself out, and I had to get the surgery. Because so, I couldn't really – I found myself not wanting to go places where I'd have to walk far. Um, I was not in constant pain at all. I mean, I slept well, but um, it was enough. The, the pain from overexertion got to where it was causing me not to want to do things that I would normally do. And then in the very end, I think I must have torn a little cartilage playing pickleball or something, and um, I couldn't put weight on it and torque. So therefore, I couldn't play anymore the way I wanted to play. And so I knew it was time. But prior to that, I had tried stretching exercises, uh, which really, really did help my range of motion and allowed me to go. The doctor recommended surgery about four years ago, but with the stretching exercises and then also I did knee injections, a synthetic lubricant for a year. And between those two things, I was able to go four years before I uh, finally reached a point where I had to have surgery. Sorry I'm so long-winded, CJ. Mm, it's great. It's great. No, it, that's... Uh... It's good to know because, you know, you, you put it off. And was that part of the strategy just to put it off? You kind of knew that it was going to happen, but you had to had to yeah. find some years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how did you find your surgeon? 
Well, my daughter is a physical therapist in Houston. She's a licensed physical therapist. She does at-home therapy. She has a family of her own. But I asked her to find someone for me because I was considering this. And so she would listen to her patients, the people that she saw all over Houston, and uh, she determined that Dr. Kreitzer was, uh, was, just had excellent results and that his patients seemed to recover quicker with fewer complications. And so that's who I went to, Dr. Kreitzer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything to report about the, maybe the education before your surgery, anything that you learned that was important? Was there a class at the hospital, that kind of stuff? Um, well, yeah, because it's all new. I mean, you've never done it before, and you have no idea what you're getting into. So the bits and pieces that uh, you that are important, like being sure to ice after you um, often, you know, especially if you exercise it, and taking your medication on time, um, things like uh, just what to expect, you know, because uh, it's all it's all new, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was very informative. Yes, them, they did a great educate pre pre surgery education class, which was very helpful. And what was the hospital? Memorial uh, Northwest Town and Country, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm and sorry. That was a good experience. Uh, they, like you know, here experience. in Houston, we have so many hospitals; they all sound alike. But I can tell you where it is. <laughs> it's like a mecca. Houston is like a mecca. It is, you know, people, and they're all slightly you know, a, a part of each other. You know, the names: mm-hmm. Memorial Herman, Memorial Northwest, or I don't know. Uh, it, it's right at I-10 and Gessner. No, I-10 Gessner and the Beltway 8. Gotcha. So it's a ni- very nice <laughs> hospital. I mean, easy to park, free parking, in and out. It was a tower there that, uh, I mean, you walk a little walkway, and there you are. And it even had a Starbucks ah. right there in the waiting room. <laughs> That's perfect. I could live right Really there. nice place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice staff, very nice. Was uh, How long were you in the hospital? Overnight. Just overnight. So just overnight, but a lot of people were sent, actually, a lot of people went home that day. Right. Uh, but my doctor, I understand that it's his protocol that people stay one night, and that's what I did, and I was glad, very glad. Uh, any particular reason why you were glad? or Glad I got to stay the night? Yeah. Um, well, I mean... For me personally, I mean, I, I was kind of out of it, and uh, you, you're getting these very important medications, and I didn't have to keep up with that uh, myself. My child, my two daughters who came took me to the hospital, stayed with me during surgery. They had families. They actually needed to go home, and that allowed them to go home and me to still get the care that I needed. And um, I think it's a good place to be in case there are any complications uh, that first night, you know, to be in a hospital. With mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think it's, uh, it puts more pressure on the patient if you're in and out the same day and it's becoming more common. Oh, really gosh. Co- it would have been very thing. hard on my family and me. Not, it just, uh, it's scary. It's your, it, it's all new. You're doing this one time. <laughs> and those people do it every day. Right. Lots exactly. Lots of patients. So they know if something's wrong. You don't. You're just, hey, you've got to deal with traffic and 
getting home and, and um, anyway, it was hard. I mean, it would have been hard. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you reached out to X10 along the way. Why, why did you do that? Why, why were you looking for more uh, answers on the recovery front after the surgery? I'm not sure exactly how I came across the video. I, I, I don't remember, but I on the Internet a lot and, talk, and looking at knee surgery, I guess, doing research about it, and somehow the X10 came up. And when I, uh, right away, I knew that was something that, after reading other people's uh, experience and positive results, I thought this is something that I'd like to, to do. And uh, the benefit to me was, that the machine was going to be there in the house. I didn't have to get in my car, ask someone to drive me somewhere, um, you know, go through a big hassle. It was right there, going to be right there sitting <laughs> available anytime I wanted to use it. And uh, that was a real plus for me. And, and it did. It worked out well in that sense. So you, uh, and, you were... And I also like the fact that, you you know, you have this, you can stop the machine anytime. The machine is sensing your your response to the pressure. It'll it'll reduce the angle. It'll adjust itself based on what's happening to your knee all by itself. You don't have to do do that. It does it for you. It's got a big red button you can push if you get in a panic got a couple of red buttons you can push but I never used them I never had to use them because it was very user friendly mm-hmm. and you were um, it was Cork who came to teach you how to use it and then Trisha worked with you on the coaching how did that all work out were you ever apprehensive about this machine in your living room <laughs> uh, no not at all it was just exactly what I thought it would be um, I didn't put it in the living room I'm by myself I put it in the bedroom and uh, fit perfectly into a little corner with a TV in front of it and uh, get myself set up with my remote and my glass of water, and uh, <laughs> I was ready to go. I mean, you just sit on it and press the button, and you're doing it. And right. uh, you, can, you can reduce your angle if you kind of feel a little uh, stiff that day. You know, you can start off a little slower. Um, yeah, I, it, it was great. It had everything with it, the chair that I sat in, the little stool to get in it. Everything came, and um, it was very well explained to me. Um, yeah, everything was great. What was your routine? Did you use it three times a day? Were you watching TV? Or were you, what, what was it all? Yeah, I tried very hard to use it three times a day. Um, there were times when I used it twice a day, and, and then there was one time when I had to go see my doctor in Houston, that I didn't get back that day. I stayed at a different location that night and the next morning, so I missed. And um, boy, could I tell that I missed. Um, I missed, my, my leg got, you know, it, it responded, it got stiffer quicker. And uh, by using it regularly, you can avoid that. Mm-hmm. How um, it's been, today's the pickup day, very soon. While we're yeah. collecting that machine. How it's kind of sad. How yeah. how did you do? How how were your results? Any measurements that you can report? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I got up to as high as uh, one sixteen on my flexion, 
um, and I'll try to use it again before he leaves. But the uh, it's it was a little bit up and down. I, I missed my meds one time, and that caused me to have more pain, and so I took a step back. And um, so I, I just recommend everyone who uses the machine, even if you're feeling a little better, still take your medications on time because by being uh, pain-free, you are more able to get the most out of that machine, okay? And so... Um, you know, I just accidentally didn't take my meds. I wasn't sure I did or didn't, so I, therefore I didn't. And and then uh, my pain threshold was not as good. So anyway, um, yeah, I... It's like I was, a necessary evil, right? These it was a learning process, meds. you know. It was a learning process. Mm. But I think the beauty of it was it really doesn't really hurt that much to use the machine and in to increase your flexion um, in tiny increments. So you don't have to be afraid of it. You, you need to get up and get on it <laughs> like you're supposed to, and you will definitely benefit from that. Another thing I did a lot was, like, um, after I used the machine, I would walk. I have a little track, like, in my house where... Um, I walk around the dining room table and through the living room and down the hall, and so it's pretty. And so, if after I use the machine, I would do that. I would use, do that before I use the machine to kind of warm up my muscles. And um, if I got up to go to the bathroom during the night, which I did because they said drink a lot of water, and I did drink a lot of water. And so uh, I would walk that track at least a couple of times every time to keep um, my mobility, my strength, and to keep those swell, that swelling down, those fluids moving. So that was, I think, helpful to me too. Did you do much strengthening on the machine itself? No, no. I mean, that was the, the next phase I should be getting into, but mm. um, I haven't gotten there. I have physical therapy three times a week, and my daughter's a therapist, and I'm pretty right. committed, so I'm hoping okay. I can uh, do that on my own. Now, have yeah. you seen Dr. Kreuzer since the surgery? I saw his physician's assistant. They x-rayed okay. my knee, and everything looked good. The incision okay. is incredible. It's just hardly even noticeable already. Yeah. I mean, well, it's swollen, and it's there, but it's just really beautiful <laughs> on a no, scale right. of 1 I, to you, 10. You sent me a photograph, and it looks amazing. I couldn't believe, you know, the yeah. short period of time since surgery and how good that Because, you know, you can get some all kinds of different-looking scars. Yeah, no, I actually Googled some pictures, and I was, you know, oh, my, yeah. you know, all the big metal stitches. I don't have anything. I didn't, they didn't even have to take stitches out. So I don't know how they did this. It's like they did it inside and then kind of glued it on the top. But it, it's just wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it is there – and certain surgeons do use staples, and that's, you know, just the way they do things. But that glue is, um, I think, a contributed to the look of that scar. So that's going to be, that's going to be great. And yeah. then the drill, becomes, yeah. the drill becomes for you, right, um, getting that strength back. So you didn't use the F10 for strengthening. Um, it uh, have, a tiny, uh, no, I really just didn't. I, I had taken a nosedive on my range of motion because I missed Right. Uh, using the machine, and when I had that, I had to go back and rebuild my range of motion, and that mm -hmm. cost me um, that additional, the benefit of, you know, being able to do that. It's hard to be perfect. 
it's hard. I mean, you know, things yeah, are going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Right? It's been good. I mean, everything <laughs> happens for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the truth is, um, and, and, you know, it's our expectations in today's world have evolved dramatically, right? So suddenly, you know, uh, we we expect to return to sports. We expect range of motion to come back. And historically, it really has been a much longer time frame. The, the average yeah. for the last 20 years is somewhere in, after six weeks, you know, six weeks post-surgery is around 88 degrees. At six months post-surgery, the average, and these are, you know, big, broad mm. average numbers, is more like 108, 109, something like that. And, you know, you at 116, although I'm sure it's a bit of a push at the end, 115, 116, are probably really tough, Yeah, but I'm pretty you know? good with 110. I mean, that one I don't mm-hmm. have to push too hard. It hurts a little, right. but I get there. Yeah, well, and that's riding a bike right there. So, you, you know, you graduated from, you know, the acute phase of recovery to a bicycle to three days a week at PT to strengthening just like you're supposed to, right, with our program. And so, you know, well done. It's, it, you know, even with the X10, it's not always a super clean, clean, clean all the way. I mean, things happen along the way. Uh, we deal with all kinds of odd situations with potential infections or deep vein thrombosis right, right. Or, or delays. Sometimes people, you know, for just out of caution, you know, they, they're back in the hospital for a couple of days. I mean, a lot of things can go on. Or they might have had poor pre-surgery bending. And now, in your case, you were pretty nimble before your surgery. Right. I was at zero. I'm still, my extension is zero. I, I never yeah. lost that. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's suggestive, right? If you're doing well beforehand, and you get onto a program like this, and you get in front of scar tissue like you did, now, you know, 19 days later, we're talking about maintaining range of motion, right? Not um, not trying to achieve it as much. So, um, yeah. all right. Well, do you have any um, any more comments that you'd like to make about your, your path to 20 days post-surgery and such good results? What was that? Do I have what? Well, I'm wondering if you have any final kind of comments, advice, suggestions about you um, know about recovery for the person listening. Our, our Sandy, we have a big audience. We've got all kinds of fans now, right? And they're listening to us. And you know, if you've got anything you want to impart to that next person out there who's going to have do what you did, I, you know, this is your chance. Oh, this is your soapbox. Uh, yeah. I I mean, there's a light on the other side. That's what I'll say. It's it's hard to. Trust in your doctor and uh, the support group that's there. Um, but if you go through it, you'll be glad you did. Uh, my leg was very bowed out, and now it's straight, which wasn't a big deal for me as long as I could play pickleball and do the things I wanted to do. That one leg was really much quicker than the other leg. He was able to straighten out that leg, which is nice. And um, I don't have pain in my joint. I have pain around my joint, but not inside the joint like I used to have. And that's really nice. Um, I'd say it's, it's worth it. I'm looking forward to being able to stay healthy and by doing other things, walking, um, you know, things that I was starting to not be able to do. So I think it's great. And uh, I think people will find the best doctor they can find, do their research, and um, 
and use the X10 because it's it's a real plus. It's a real plus. I I was very glad right. to have found it. Thank you. We're glad you did. I, you know, I, I forgot. I had one more question. What did Dr. Kreiser, what, what did he have to say about, or any, if anything, about the X10? And because he, he did he know? You know, he um, that's funny no? because um, Dr. Kreiser is kind of like a ghost. You know, <laughs> uh, he's yeah. there. I saw him before surgery. I saw him two weeks before surgery, uh, and I saw him right before surgery. But his physician assistant, Kevin, is the person I see most often. And uh, he did my injections, and uh, he did my post-surgery. And when I told him I was getting the X10, he said, excellent. That's wonderful. He knew exactly what it was, and he was very encouraging. Okay? And um, if I see Dr. Kreitzer again (laughs) in this lifetime, I will tell him. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Kevin when I see him again and, and remind him that that X10 really helped me. I'm thinking about writing a, a letter just about my surgery and thanking him, and I'll mention the X10 and my range of motion when I do. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, I'm sure he'll see that. You know, and now everything's through a patient portal. It's like... Hello out there. (laughs) Right now, we're small enough that we do have a relationship with every one of our patients. Yeah, yeah, you you do, and that's very nice. Tricia, you know, she was the coach. She was great. She she was supportive. She seemed to, if I told her what my issues were, she understood exactly what they were. And she would tell me how to get back on track, you know, uh, and, and stay on track. She was very good. I have good, you know, really good feelings about the X10. I would re- recommend it to anyone, and I'm happy to share that with you because you all made it possible. You know, your dad and your his friend who developed the machine uh, saw a need, and it's huge for the, so many baby boomers coming along, and um, it's a real benefit. You're right, and if we can just get going again, we're about to start making a bunch more of these machines. We, a year from now, Sandy, we're going to be a very different organization because of the expansion oh, that's yeah. right in front of us, right, 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 over the, right over the border, right, right, right into October, I expect. It's, it's a sort of guns ablaze and we're ready to go um, and uh, we'll start to expand. And then, then it'll be a lot easier for so many people. Right now, people go through great, great efforts to get on the X10 and that's going gonna, that's gonna to be a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope it becomes like commonplace. And congratulations and thank you. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of Two Time Podcast Awards nominated A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit a doctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.